You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to All Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Deer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room with over with seven Western New York locations open daily, seven days a week from 11.30 a.m. to 10.30 and later p.m. Uh, also, both kid and dog friendly, one of the greatest places to go watch either a Sabres or a Bills game. Make sure you get over get down there. Inquire about becoming a Mug Club member at one of your local locations. Um, great Sabres game day uh, dra- uh, draft deals. Uh, whenever the Sabres play at home, if you are a Mug Club member at the downtown location, you get two-for-one drafts. And let's not forget Buffalo Go Apparel Company. Buffalo Go, Buffalo's best local Buffalo sports uh, apparel company. Both shirts, hoodies. Uh, hats, whatever it may be. Uh, make sure you check them out at buffalogo.com or at buffalogo on Instagram and Twitter for any of their great and amazing uh, Buffalo uh, <clears throat> designs, uh, whether it's the Stefan 316 uh, hoodie or shirt, or of course the Buffalo uh, hockey and a shield shield ball cap. Um, so many different designs to choose from. Um, <clears throat> my favorite Bills one it would hands down be. The uh, Pinto Ron tailgating shirt where it's him uh, at the bottom of the tailgate before he gets covered in uh, ketchup and mustard. Unbelievable shirt. <clears throat> so make sure you go check them out. Uh, you can always check out Fatty Beer Company at Fatty Beer on Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, FattyBeer.com. Again, one of the best places to go watch a Bills and Sabres game. Without further ado, Sabres win tonight 3-2 to two against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, an ugly one, ugly one on the heels of a Bills victory where it was very decisive. Um, after the first quarter, the Bills really started to dominate and uh, never looked back. Whereas the Sabres were back and forth with Chicago quite a bit tonight. Um, bunch of penalties. Uh, and UPL looked pretty good. I uh, can't complain about the the performance from the goaltender at all. Um, and then Eric Johnson in the third period, sealing the win, coming in wide, uh, catching Mrazek, sleeping a little bit, getting the game-winning goal, the Fatty Beer game-winning goal. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard an opportunity to listen to Eric Johnson talk after a game, after a win or a loss, but the guy is so unbelievably well-spoken, it's not even funny. Um, just talking about, you know, uh, Marty brought up a point about how he's – scored most of his goals and points against the Chicago Blackhawks. In fact, you know, it's the one team he scored against the most and just inquired about, you know, does he get out there with the goalies during the goalie practice at all? 
as a shooter to try and sharpen his skills in that manner. Just, you know, you know, work on what tendencies there do goalies have that you can take advantage of, especially when you get in tight with the way he was when he scored that goal. And just the answer he gave was so articulated and just so educated. And then it went even deeper into what it takes to win hockey games, how, you know, <clears throat> sacrificing the body, blocking shots, selling out, doing whatever it takes, you know, and going back to his days with Colorado, what, what that team was willing to do to win a cup. And I just, I can't get enough of an Eric Johnson uh, post-game interview. So if you have a chance to go check it out, whether they post it online or not, I highly suggest it. Definitely go, uh, go listen for sure. Um, also, uh, Sabres goal scorers were Jeff Skinner and Rasmus Dahlin, multi-point night for him. Um, and Zach Benson just looked absolutely incredible tonight, by the way. I think this tonight was his best game by and far as a Sabre. Um, I think he really put himself in a position to not get sent back to junior after night. If it wasn't already pretty prevalent beforehand that he wouldn't go back there's, I don't think if he continues to play like that, um, still looking for his first NHL goal, but he looked fantastic on the puck tonight. Uh, in that first period, anytime that shit, that line was on the ice, just constantly creating chance. And he's a bear on the puck and that goal by Darlene, just the way he, you know, shifted his hips, opened himself up and just bought himself more time and caught Darlene sneaking up the streaking up the center of the ice, uh, entering the zone and found him. And then Darlene just wired it past Morazic. And then that goal by Skinner on the power play, a, a power play in this economy, a power play goal in this economy. Um, how Darlene just had the patience. He waited and waited and waited and waited and finally found Jeff Skinner backdoor for that tap in uh, easy goal for him. Um, can't say enough how, you know, impressive, uh, Darlene was tonight. Uh, just proving why he's a Norris caliber, uh, defenseman once again. Um, uh, I, in my opinion, probably Buffalo's best player on the ice tonight, like by and fire. I don't think it was even close. Um, uh, Eric Johnson, um, some of the, some of the post game, uh, comments actually it's coming being tweeted in by uh, Brian Koziel right now. Uh, Eric Johnson, a game-winning goal. I saw some ice, took it, and elevated the puck as soon as I could, and luckily it went in. I took, I took a quick glance at the net over my shoulder and tried to get it over on the far side. I was pretty pumped to get the win. Um, yeah, and so are we. Finally, again, snapping a you know potential uh, – well, snapping a three-game losing streak and avoiding a four-game losing streak. Um, definitely want to avoid that at all costs. Um, uh, Eric Johnson on Delene. He's probably the future captain for sure. He's a top five D in the league for sure. He's a real asset for this team. Granado. I like uh, Granado on tonight's win. I like the battle and the commitment to the end result. Um, I felt a lot of guys had some heavy legs. We complicated some things, but we fought hard to the end. Like I said, a ugly win is still a win. Tonight was an ugly win. You know, not, there was nothing really all that pretty about it, but they got it done. Uh, I think Chicago is definitely a team who's rebuilding that you want to, you know, probably, I don't want to use the word dominate some more, but you definitely want to uh, exert yourself more on them because they are, I, I don't even want to say a slower team because they do have some veterans out there who, you know, much like high guys like up for us, like Akposo, like are slower in the foot, uh, slower in the foot that kind of slow them down a little bit, but you still have a player like 
Connor Bedard, who is just absolutely phenomenal. He has everything as advertised on that goal uh, where he where he pushed the puck far rebound, far, far pad for the rebound. Like that was an intentional shot to the far pad, specifically for specifically for a rebound because he knew he had a man coming to the net. Like that's a heads up play, and that's like a high hockey IQ play. I can't stress that enough. How impressive uh, Connor Bedard really does look like once you like you get to watch a full game of him. Extremely impressed. Um, Granado on Delaney. We're a team that's pushing to get a little more offense. If we can activate him more, all the better. He's so good defensively, but yes, we need him to push the pace on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, Darlene is the guy who's really leading the way, especially coming out of the defensive zone whenever he's out there on the ice. He's a quarterback on the power play. He plays in the penalty kill from time to time. Like, he, like much like, you know, kind of Tage Thompson has been this year and even Alex Tuck, like, they've played in all, all different situations. Like, a guy that you can literally point to on the bench and get out there, and he's out there and he's doing it. Um, very, very, very impressed from uh, number 26 tonight. Let's get to the peanut gallery here to get some of your comments in uh, from Ryan Quinville. Uh, I'll take the win. Cousins, terrible with a capital T. What uh, what the fuck happened to him? Um, I don't know what's going on with Dylan Cousins. Um, he's been a little bit of a conundrum for sure, right? Like he uh, <clears throat> that Philly game where, you know, things weren't really going well. It's probably his worst game of the season was that Philly game. Ended with him getting the fight and obviously breaking his nose in that fight with Hathaway, uh, missing some time. Like, I don't know if maybe he just some, – there's something going on there. I, I, I assume he got his, his bell rung a little bit during that fight. But, like, when you play with a fishbowl and you have a broken nose, I don't know. Maybe he's just not playing to the level and as aggressive as we're normally used to seeing because he kind of can't. Uh, because of obviously damage to his to his nose and the fact that he's wearing a uh, <clears throat> a face mask or a fishbowl rather, um, from Paramount Pictures, Cousins and Samuelson both playing badly. Yeah, like I think again, Samuelson's another guy that sticks out. Um, I was hard on both him and Owen Power last game. You know, people, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, you know, actually, no, a lot of people agreed, a lot of people disagreed. But at the end of the day, I've always been an advocate that's never a bad idea to have a player either sit at the end of the bench and watch for a few shifts or even, you know, even going deeper into that. I mean, I don't think it's this this situation quite yet, but watching a game from the press box, like there's a lot of lack of physicality in our de- in the defensive zone. There's a lot of lack of awareness in the defensive zone. Um, and we can sit there and, and, and like in, in, in the case of Owen Power, we can sit there and say all day offensively, he's been one of our best players, if not our best. Okay, that's great. He also plays at both ends of the ice. Like he's not just an offensive defenseman. He needs to play well in his own end. He needs to give it, he needs to help his goaltenders. He needs to play like a six foot six defenseman down below the dots. And there's been a lot of times this season that he hasn't been that guy. He just hasn't. He, he's, you know, allowing player, like he's not exerting or forcing his will on the opponent, I guess is the best way to put it. I, I tweeted it out a few times yesterday. You need a guy like him to force his will. You need him to play like he's six foot six. And people have mistaken that a lot with, you know, you got to go out there and lay a huge shit. You got to go out there and, you know, be a, play a violent style of defense. Like, no, you don't have to go out there and be Chris Prong or Scott Stevens or anything like that. You just need to 
play like you're six foot six. And that could be just leaning on somebody who's screening your goalie and just forcing him out of the way. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Like, it's not like being, you're not being a physically dominating player or so much as you're using your size to it, to your own advantage and just forcing players to do what you want them to do, boxing them out. Like that's the, the I'm just a big advantage that he has. It took Tage Thompson a long time to realize up until two seasons ago. Like he, he just played like he was the size of Tyler Ennis. And now he, it's like, he knows how big he is. He knows that he can literally lower his shoulder and just con- and protect the puck and keep people away from him. Just on just his wingspan alone. Owen power is in a very similar situation, you know, and down below the dots in the defensive zone, he needs to start playing that same thing with Samuelson. They don't, man. They don't. It drives me up a wall. Like it, tonight, you know, granite again, UPL was good and there wasn't a ton of second opportunities. At the end of the day, though, like if you're not playing that style of hockey, one of those rebounds, if you're not aware of what's going on around you and you're not boxing guys out, that puck can end up in the back and up pretty quickly. And this could have been an easily been a 3 2 loss rather than a 3 2 win. Uh, Connor Clifton only played 10 minutes. He did get hurt a little bit. He blocked a few shots. I didn't hate Connor Clifton's game tonight at all. He was out there blocking shots, um, <clears throat> selling out, trying to get a win against Chicago tonight. Um, I didn't hate his game at all tonight. Um, he was absolutely one of the leaders in terms of putting his body in front of the shots and trying to sacrifice the body to win, uh, for sure. Um, from Chris Sturck. I'm voting to keep Benson up here. Who else agrees? I think we all agree. I think Benson was one of the better forwards on the ice tonight. Like, in we've been able to say that more than once this season in his short Sabres career so far. I, I think Zach Benson looked great, 100%. I, I, I have nothing to complain about his game and how smart of a player he's turning out to be. Um, from uh, Mauricio, our favorite guy, Mauricio. Sorry, Connor's not on with us tonight. Cousins and Krebs look lost, offer little or no offense. Yeah, I, I again, we need that's something that you got to figure out with Dylan Cousins. Um, again, maybe again, it's still whatever happened in the Philly game at the end of that game. If he's still dealing with something that's lingering, I, I don't know, but he's not playing the same style of hockey that we're used to seeing. And again, I think once that fishbowl comes off his helmet, um, <clears throat> the hesitancy won't be there anymore, and you'll see that in his game quite a bit more. I, I think that that's when Dylan Cousins is playing at his best when he does play with a little bit of an edge. Like that's, that's when he's at his best. Like I've, I, I've compared him so many times in the past to Michael Pekka, um, a more skilled version of Michael Pekka, a guy who can go out there and help you a lot offensively, but in the same breath, shut down the opponent's top players, be a physical presence out there, play with a little bit of an edge and he's going to stick up for his teammates and, Try and create sparks here and there, like he did at the end of that Philly game with Hathaway. Again, Dylan Cousins even admitted, like, I picked the wrong guy to tangle with. And he did, and admittedly so. From John Wolf, who should we make a move to go get in a trade? Um, I don't know if we're at that point yet. Um, we'll see how I guess maybe the next few games go. That could dictate that, especially with Tage being out for a prolonged amount of time. Um, initially it was projected that it was like significant time when you hear that you're thinking like multiple months, but it looks like he'll be back by sometime, maybe, you know, end of, you know, mid to end December, which is good news. Um, so I don't know if 
that move will come uh, as early as maybe you would hope, John. But I would think that they're definitely – if you were to ask me if they were going to make a trade right now, I think it's absolutely on the back end. Um, I think there's a lot left to be desired. I don't really think they found a true guy to play with uh, to, to play with Owen Power yet. Um you know, you need you need for Owen Power what Samuelson is for Darlene. Like, you need that guy that's going to play an honest defensive game and allows that former first overall pick to go out there and do offensively what got him drafted first overall. And you just don't have that guy yet for Owen Power. And is that the fault of the general manager? Maybe I don't know. Like, I just maybe he was ho- he had high, higher hopes for Connor Clifton. Again, I thought tonight he looked fine. Um, but with that being said, um, there's still left more, more left to be desired there um, on the opposite side of Owen Power for sure. <clears throat> Bench the entire fourth line at Chicago, not impressed. No consistency, no urgency. Entire team, where is the motivation from coaching staff? Consistency, consistency. Lacking 60 minutes, not a playoff team. Um, you're not saying anything I disagree with. Um, or you still right now, they're not playing like a playoff team. Um, they really need to start finding their stride. I, I genuinely believe that if you just, you know, bear down and in the offensive and the defensive zone below the faceoff are start winning more of those battles, you're going to win more hockey games. Like Eric Johnson's game winning goal, perfect example. He saw an opportunity. He got down, he got in, uh, down low. And caught Morazic sleeping, but that was an opportunity created by just it was a high 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 hockey IQ play. He took his man wide and picked his head up, saw saw an opportunity far quarter and scored. It was a it was a beautiful goal. Um, I just need more of that grittiness down low. Um, you need to be willing to take more of a beating down low. Get, and it's not even just like you're scoring goals off a rebound or a pass. It's just obstructing the goaltender's view of the puck. I think Rob Ray said it best. Like these goaltenders in the NHL, man, like if they see a puck nine times out of ten, they're stopping it. Like, and I think pro- I would say probably the one time uh, they're not stopping it is if it's a deflection. But if you you have to impede their vision. You have to get in front of them. They can't see these shots all the time the way they do night in and night out. It doesn't matter who we're playing. You need like the, honestly, I think one of the only guys they constantly see going in that is probably Jordan Greenway. Jordan Greenway is always in front of that doing his best to create a disturbance, create havoc, chaos below the dots. I, I love Jordan Greenway and what he's brought to the team this year. Uh, I think he's a very valuable player. Um, I just need more guys to uh, take the lead there. Jeff Skinner does too. But, um, I, I mean, Jeff Skinner is, what, barely six foot? I need my bigger guys out there doing the same thing. Like, you're Dylan Cousins. You, you need that guy in front of the net creating havoc. You need Alex Tuck in the front of that creating havoc. Like, you need guys that are just going to do their very best to make it difficult for these goaltenders to see these pucks. And uh, how many times have we seen pucks like that last goal that Devin Levi – perfect example, that last – goal that Devin Levi let in against Boston. It was a goal you absolutely want Devin to see. But if you want to go back and look, sorry, sorry, it's it's definitely a goal you want Devin to save. But if you go back and look at it and you kind of look at the view from behind the net, like there was like 
four or five bodies in his line of sight before that puck even squirted through. Like, he didn't see it until the last second. Granted, again, he needs to make that save. He needs to close himself up and not give up that, uh, I want to say, went through, through his arm and the body. So, or to go five-hole, either or. You want to seal the ice or seal your body there to stop that puck from going in. But, like, without that screen, Devin Levi probably saves that puck. He just does. But you can't see. You can't, you can't always save what you can't see. And getting bodies to the front is going to be integral to winning more hockey games. It, like, that's why a lot of teams beat us. It's not even just for, like, a lack of talent. It's just they're doing those things that we're not doing on a consistent basis. And it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Uh, from Mauricio, power lost, all confidence, looks shaky, indecisive, no grit, no awareness. A front of not where is the nasty attitude. Utilize your frame, impose your will, send message to forwards. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not even, like, nastiness. There's not even nastiness from guys like him and Samuelson. You don't have to be nasty. I'd love for them to be nasty, but you don't need them to be nasty. You just need them to use their frame. Box guys out. Like, here's a perfect example. Here we go. Here's the defender in front of the, Here's the forward net. Here's me. I'm much bigger. Just lean in. If you have that much weight on somebody and you have that much size on somebody, just impose your will. Just Force them out of the way. You're you're like in that situation, a lot, most situations in front of that uh, time, like you're a movable object, Owen Power, Samuelson. You're you're big, you're big men. Like, I mean, Owen Power has been this big for how long? So like probably since he was like 14 years old. Like, impose your will. I, I know I, I I know you're only 20 years old. You still have some growing to do, but it's no one's asking to go out there and be pronger or Stevens, or Danico, or, you know, any other defenseman who plays with a very nasty edge, especially in front of the net, just go out there and impose your will. I will shut up if you just start doing that. That's all I ask. Start imposing your will on the opponent in front of your own net. And just, again, like, there are other things, too, that I've been critical with both of them on, but, like, that stuff will come with experience. This is stuff they can control now. Like, you're, you're you're big. You're 235 pounds, six foot six. You're a big man. Just go out there and impose it. You know, make, you know, dictate the play in front of the net. So you fix up that, you fix up that area of your game. You will never hear me bitch ever again. I promise you. I promise you. Um, but yeah, Sabres uh, get a big win. I'm Patrick Kane's birthday. A lot of rumors about Patrick Kane. In and around uh, Buffalo, I know Kevin Adams the other day uh, pretty much confirmed reports that they are in on Patrick Kane as a free agent. Um, we've heard uh, we've heard a lot in regards to Patrick Kane. I've heard a lot. I, I even came out and tweeted about like a week ago about what I've heard that Buffalo was one of the only teams willing to offer a multi-year deal to Patrick Kane. Something I imagine he's looking for right now. He's probably not looking for a one-year deal. He's a new father. Um, he's a new uncle too. His sister just had a child. Like he probably, you know, you are know, in terms of a Buffalo thing with his sister, but just him being a new father, like you probably want to end your career on this next contract. I would imagine, right. You don't want to move somewhere else in the country if you don't have to. That's why I always said either Chicago or Buffalo would make the most sense to me. Like the only team that's really come out and flat out said they weren't in on Patrick Kane were the Rangers. Um, 
but those two teams for me make the most sense. The Buffalo Sabres and the Chicago Blackhawks, without a doubt, because it's stability, it's familiarity, and I think that either of those teams would probably let him end his career there. Like, I don't know. Like, I imagine having in Chicago, bringing back Patrick Kane to play with Connor Bedard um, would be very beneficial to Connor, especially if Patrick is healthy. But on the flip side of that, again, Patrick Kane is a kid who grew up loving the Sabres. We've all seen the picture of him in the stands in the old odd with his dad. You have to imagine that the back of his mind, he thinks about, man, it'd be really cool to be a part of the solution to ending this playoff drought. It'd be really cool to maybe take an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup in Buffalo and finally bring a championship to a Buffalo. To Buffalo. Um I, I think about that. I do. I, I've said it on the show a couple of times. You know, most kids who've grown up playing hockey in Buffalo, at some point, whether playing street hockey with their friends or in the driveway, uh, have scored the game Stanley Cup game-winning goal wearing their, their player's favorite jersey. You know, <laughs> whether you're shooting on a goal or an empty night, you're, you're scoring the game winner. You're, you're narrating it in the Rick Janaret's voice. Like, I, I, I have to imagine that – that is in the back of his mind, the opportunity to be to, to, to be here when that finally happens. Um, because it was it's been 12, 13 years since Sarah's been in the playoffs. That's the majority of Patrick Kane's career. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that those two teams for me make the most sense. I, I, I genuinely think that Buffalo is the top of the list. Um, I was hoping that maybe we saw it happen today. That you know he'd be in Chicago. They'd have the press conference in Chicago before the Sabers game. Um, I imagine Chicago would be really happy for him because at the end of the day, like what is? I mean, Pat Kane has done everything he's needed to do at the NHL level. Like he's won three Stanley Cups. He's won a Conn Smythe Trophy. He's won a Hart Trophy. He's had success at the international level. Like what else is there for him to do? I, I have to imagine that getting the Buffalo Sabers to the playoffs or helping this team maybe win a Stanley cup is also on that list. I have to imagine. Um, and if he is healthy, the hip is fine. Um, yeah. Bring him in hundred percent because I think he helps this team. You can sit there and sh- shove analytics to my face all you want about his defensive play. I'm not going to take very seriously his last few years at Chicago at all because that team was a train wreck. It was dog shit. Um, they were essentially tanking almost two years ahead of time, um, for Connor Bedard. And why wouldn't you look how good he is? Look what he's done for the franchise already. Um, I, I, I don't look at those numbers from him his last few years and take it very seriously. Um, but on a bad team, I will say this, he had over 90 points his last full healthy season. Um, outside of, uh, Tage Thompson, how many guys can you say that about for the Buffalo Sabres? I think Tage was the only guy to eclipse 90 last year. Uh, if it weren't for injury, he probably hits 100 points, 50 goals. I uh, definitely, I, I think Patrick Kane would be a huge benefit to this team. We, we've seen it uh, time and time again, this power play struggle, uh, almost holding them back from winning hockey games. Uh, if you can bring in a guy who can even specialize on that, like Patrick Kane, especially filling in for, a Tage Thompson is going to be out for a while. 
I'm I'm on board. I'm absolutely on board. And a lot of people disagree with me, but I am absolutely on board. I know my co-host Connor is absolutely on board too. If you bring in Kane, who gets sent out, especially when this team is at 100. Um, I think you look probably down at your bottom line. Uh, you guys like Jost. Um, I don't think Akposo's ever sitting. It's hard for me to see Gergensen sit. So it, it might be a guy like Peyton Krebs. It might be. I don't know. Um, injuries always happen too. We've seen it with Tage. Um, you know, guys are going to be out. Jack Quinn, especially when he comes back, they're difficult decisions you have to make. Um, but if you can put out a lineup with Patrick Kane in it, with Tage Thompson in it, with Jack Quinn in it, that makes sense. Uh, doesn't hold anybody back and it gives them a better opportunity to win every night. I'm all for it. Absolutely. I remember, I forget what the book was called, but it was about, uh, there was uh, a, a, a few paragraphs in it. Uh, it was about the, the history of the Sabres and Punch Imlich when he was uh, coach and general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. Flat out said he was always willing to make any trade, even if it only made the team 5% better. If it made the team 5% better, um, he was willing to make it. And this is a signing I think you could make that makes your team better. I really do. Um, and again, as, as far as who comes out of the lineup, I think you're looking at your bottom two lines there. Um, probably your bottom line. Um, you find ways to work him. You give, maybe you rotate guys like Gergens and, and Akposo out of the lineup. Uh, veterans nights off to keep Pat Kane in there. I can't imagine you would expect him to play at a full schedule right away. Uh, maybe he plays two out of every three uh, to start to start off to ease him back in. And then <clears throat> it's full speed ahead. I don't know. I just think I just think this team with a healthy Patrick Kane um, at 100% is a better hockey team, especially on your special teams, without a doubt. Um, entire team is too soft uh, in front of our in front of our defensive zone. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I got I've tweeted it a few times. I think this team is one of the softest teams in the National Hockey League. I really, really do. Um, Again, from Mauricio, Dwayne, are we qualifying for the playoffs? Honest truth, I'm not too confident. I'm being realistic. I love the Sabres. We have roster construction issues, lack talent forwards, and lack depth. Um, I was a lot more confident to start the season uh, about this team making the playoffs because we came so close last year. Like, realistically, if Devin Levi starts his NHL career one week earlier, this team's in the playoffs. And that's how good he was playing. Um, we take that spot right away from Florida. We really do. Um, I'm very 50-50 on it. You have to turn this around. Um, this stretch of hockey that you're going to play without Tage Thompson uh, is be very in indicative of, you know, if you're really taking the playoffs seriously. I know Kevin Adams says oh, the goal is always to win the Stanley Cup and make the, make the playoffs win the Stanley Cup. But, I mean – this team is underperforming. It's very underwhelming. Um, you, you won an ugly one, but that's a game you could have easily lost tonight against a very young and fast Chicago team. Um, I've always been an advocate of, and I know we do have veteran leadership around the young players like Bach Poso, like Gergensen, like Eric Johnson, but you kind of look at what Chicago has done with Bedard. You bring in Corey Perry, you bring in Nick Foligno, like these guys who have had a lot of playoff success. Um, yeah, and knows what it takes to make playoff runs. Um, 
I would have liked some more of that, but not guys that are so long in the tooth, more or less guys, maybe like Patrick Kane that uh, have just been to the playoffs time in and time out. I, uh, I, I really like Chicago's uh, roster construction right now, because that's a team that's, they're doing it the same way they did at the start, you know, back when they first drafted Teus and Kane, you're surrounding these young guys with, veteran leadership, much like they did with guys like Hosa uh, in Chicago um, with, when uh, Kane and Teus were first starting out. Like you surround those guys with, with, with veteran leadership like that and guys who know what it takes to win and score and win and score consistently, that's going to be a good hockey team. Um, I give it three or four years before Chicago is probably a contender again. I think they're like a legit starting goaltender away from maybe even – uh, contending for a wild card. Who knows? Um, not that Mrazic played bad tonight, but you can't really let that Johnson goal in. You know, he snuck it in, but <clears throat> I digress. Um, just want to remind everybody, but this is brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room with over 300 beers to select from and seven different Western New York locations. They are open from 11.30 a.m. to 10.30 and later at night. Seven days a week. They are both dog and kid friendly. I highly suggest you get there for a Bills game or a Sabres game. Outstanding atmosphere. Um, they always have great food on tap, uh, great beer and food on tap. Uh, highly suggest the grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm uh, I'm I'm corny like that. Love a good grilled cheese sandwich. Um, Italian sausage, the whole nine yards. They have great food there. Um, and of course, again, you can't go wrong with the uh the beer selection, both on draft and canned beer. And check out their advent, their beer advent calendar, the 24 beers of Christmas that they just released. Uh, get it while you can, a limited time availability. Go check it out. And, of course, Buffalo Go, Buffalo's premier spot for local Buffalo Bills, Sabres, Bisons, Bandits, clothing designs, uh, the hoodies and the hats, uh, shirts. They're, they're all phenomenal. Um, I, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, especially you see, I, I'm uh, all our sponsored posts, the different things they have to offer the, uh, Pinto Ron, uh, tailgate shirts, the, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Stefan 316 shirts. Um, there's only one team, New York, uh, one team in New York shirt, uh, Josh Allen shirt or the let Josh cook shirt. Uh, and of course the, uh, Sabres Buffalo NHL shield ball cap. Love it. Great. Great stuff over there at Buffalo Go. Go check them out at Fatty Beer on Twitter and Instagram. Fattybeer.com online. Again, seven different Western New York locations. Find where your local spot is. Go have a drink. Tell them the boys from Two Goalies, one Mike sent you. Um, and, of course, Buffalo Go at Buffalo Go Co. on Twitter and Instagram or buffalogo.com. With that being said, this has been another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. Sabres win 3-2. Um, and of course, the Buffalo Bills with a big, uh, what was it, thirty-two to six win? I want to say it was, it was thirty-two six uh, coming out party for Joe Brady. Um, extremely happy with the way he uh, he coached tonight, or coached today, or actually, I think coached uh, play called today. Um, looks like Josh finally got himself into a groove. Looked great. James Cook once again looked great. Ty Johnson looked phenomenal too. Um, and like sneaky, like 
Diggs, while he did make some important catches, he wasn't like the biggest factor offensively for them, which is a good thing. You know, you want that guy to get 10, 15 targets a game. In the day, you don't want him to be the only one that's producing for your for your football team. Dalton Kincaid every single week has just been better and better and better. Can't stress it enough. Um, how excited I am for uh, for Dalton Kincaid because he has been fun to watch. Um, with that being said, Sabers next game will come on Wednesday against the Washington Capitals. In Washington, Sabres won't be home again until November 24th against the Pick, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Maybe a revenge game after that 4-0 four, four loss a week ago. Um, so Wednesday against the Capitals, get a few days off here, and then Friday against the Penguins, and then Saturday, a second of a back-to-back, they are away again against the New Jersey Devils. Um Again, uh, Quentin Hughes, or, uh, the Hughes brothers, Luke Hughes, uh, Jack Hughes, both phenomenal. Uh, have been phenomenal for, uh, for for the Devils this year. That should be a really fun game to watch. And then Buffalo returns. Actually, no. Then Buffalo isn't home again until, is that right, Nashville? Let me see here. They're home against Pittsburgh on Friday. And then I don't think they're home again until Nashville on December 3rd. Right. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, only two games over the next two weeks. Looks like at home, uh, Nashville and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so we'll see a lot of hockey left to be left to be played this season. Remember everybody's been brought to you by fatty beer company and Buffalo logo. Go check them out. I am Dwayne for Connor Hurley. Who of course, couldn't be here. No Mauricio. He wasn't surfing or at a pool party. He's spending time with family in California. Uh, shout out to him. Shout out to Cully. We miss you, bud. Uh, and of course, as always, let's go Sabres.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.